Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 110 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host, Jeff, and today we're reading chapter 16 of Powerless, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to get in touch with me, head over to jeffreadshisbook.com. Right there, there's three ways you can quickly contact me, and I'll be so excited when you do because nobody goes to jeffreadshisbook.com and then clicks a link to contact me. Oh, that'd be so exciting, and you can leave feedback, and you can tell me that I'm just a funny, funny guy. Or you could buy one of these terrible books I wrote. They are bad, and uh, you know what? Uh, before you make fun of me too much for them, I did write them in a month with no, like, uh, I think the first one there, Bringing Balance, I guess that kind of had like a plot thought out in my head, sort of. It does kind of just end. <laughs> it's still not great. Components of the story are thought out, but for the most part, no, no, it's bad. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I didn't plan to write a book in a month. I just wrote a book in a month. So it's basically just words on a, on a page, so... Uh, yeah. Buy one of those or something, huh? Eh? Get them in uh, paper form so that when you're long gone and your house is abandoned or probably underwater due to, like, you know, the ice caps melting, somebody can find my book under there. That'd be fun. They'll be like, this is what they used to read back in the before times? Ugh, yeah. Ooh, ooh. So, uh, as for feedback this week, I got none. Yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of thankful because I think one of the questions could have brought up some, like, foot fetish stuff. So that's nice that nobody wrote back for that. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. If you want, if you do have a foot fetish, I guess you can write into the show, jeffreadsbook.com. It's not very uh, appropriate for this podcast, but I guess it doesn't bother me. Whatever, man. <laughs> or lady. <laughs> Anywho, um... Yeah, I, I, no feedback. Uh, I think the lovely Laura listened to an episode. Um, I don't remember if she said anything about it. There was some other excitement uh, Sunday. I don't remember what, though. Yeah, no biggie. Um, anywho, uh, today we are recording upstairs. We're not in the basement studio. Uh, this room actually is carpeted, so it might be a softer sound, you know, a little more NPR. Today on Jeff Reed's book, we'll be discussing... Powerless Chapter 16, a novel, maybe a novella, you would say, that really centers around relationships and love and the trouble we have together. Was that NPR enough? I I'm more nasally and high-pitched. I don't think I do good at NPR. I, I The one problem, of course, is that you have to use an NPR mic to make that sound good, and my microphone only costs $40. <laughs> Apparently, NPR has, like, a special microphone they use, like a brand or model number or some nonsense. I read that somewhere, and now I'm just relaying you information that's not interesting. Yeah. Okay, well... Like I did say in NPR voice, we are reading chapter 16 of Powerless. So it's 99 lines. Couldn't get that 100th line in. Um, it's going to be a little bit dull. So if you remember last time, they, quote, escaped. And, you know, there was a battle on the road and Henry was shirtless and showing off his pecs. And that was pretty great. You know, Margot was changing, too, and it was never brought up if she was topless. Interesting. <laughs> Let's assume she wasn't. <laughs> I don't think I'd write that into the book, although 
I don't think I'd write that. I whatever. Okay, okay, okay. We never actually hear about. Oh, we do. I think hear about Margot being nude. Maybe in um, what's that other book I wrote? Uh, Homecoming. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> They're all bad. So anyway, uh, anyway, this is gonna be dull. So it's just them going home. Maybe even already at home, I think. So, uh, yeah. I I guess it kind of ends with, like, a cliffhanger plot twist. I don't know. I don't think I'd call it either. It ends with a fact that's, I I guess, mildly interesting. Not really great. It's it's pretty dull. (laughs) But why don't we see where this book goes as we read, as we, what, what do I usually say? Ah, this is going poorly. As we dive in to chapter 16. So for today's episode, I am sipping on a nice glass of Jim Beam on the rocks. Ooh, it's so chilly. Uh, brand new. Um, I don't know when I bought this Jim Beam this past week, I think, maybe at the end of the week. I was running a little low on the wild turkey finally, and, uh, well, I think I went a little hard on the Jim Beam already. So I got to roll that back this week. I had a few glasses last night. Not a good idea. Ah, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, it's an improvement, I guess. (laughs) Damn pandemic making me want whiskey all the time. Oh, well, we're good. We're good. We're good. Um, But yes, a little Jim Beam on the rocks. I wasn't feeling adventurous when I went and bought it, I remember. And yeah, it's delicious. What do you want from me? Okay, why don't we, uh, why don't we, are we reading a book or something here? All right. Um, You know what? Let's have a sip first. Mm. I'm thirsty, and so whiskey's the best thing to have right now. Though Margot offered him the seat next to Byron, he climbed into the bed of the cart, refusing the offer. Who do you think he is? Huh? Wow, a lot of pronouns without any names. Okay. He was silent most of the way to Byron's house, only providing terse answers when she would ask how he felt. She eventually stopped trying, and the cart rolled on, occasionally visited by Winter. Remember her? Okay. Arriving at Byron's house just before sunset, the small party introduced Byron's family to Winter, who didn't seem nervous around them. Oh, that's nice. Margot asked if the younger Beverly... Oh, right, because the mom and the the daughter were both named Beverly, because I couldn't think of any names and thought that'd be clever, but it's not great. Okay, Margot asked if the younger Beverly, who was apparently not working at the Leaping Bear, ooh, was she fired, laid off, probably laid off, yeah, might take Winter to see the woods. The girl agreed immediately, apparently fascinated by the wisp. The older Beverly, that's mom, okay, we following along, people, uh, notified Henry and Margot that they would be staying in their home overnight and that the temple had been made aware of their return. Margot thanked her profusely. Henry, Henry did politely also. <laughs> Henry did politely also. That's a terrible sentence. But he remained far quieter than Margot was used to. She eyed him nervously at dinner as the younger Byron recounted the day's events. Henry would smile and add his commentary when asked, but Margot could tell that he was bothered. She could feel trouble brewing, and it seemed unlikely it would be resolved until they left these accommodations. Ooh, exciting! We're having a little relationship issue, I feel like, huh? Mm. Not a drinking break, just a Jeff drinking break. All right. 
A driver from the temple arrived the next morning to bring Margot and Henry home. She waited until they were ten minutes away from Byron's house until she broached the subject, not caring if the driver would listen in. What, she asked, with what she hoped... Ugh, he putting what in the sentence too? What, she asked, with what she hoped was the clear implication that he had something, some explaining to do. So, are you happy with that mission, Henry asked, without a hint of happiness? It was a success, she countered. We were attacked by armed men while we were in the company of a young boy, he yelled. And they'll probably report what he looked like, so it won't be safe for him in Jackpond again. Oh, he's yelling now, huh? Responding with what she hoped was a more reasonable tone, she said, Nobody got hurt. Henry put his hands up, his jaw dropping open. Oh, when Henry put his hands up, his jaw dropping open, and Jeff reading incorrectly, she revised her statement. Nobody was permanently hurt. He could have been, Henry, he responded. Oh my god, I'm not doing... All right, let's have a drink. Let's calm down. He could have been, he responded. We're just placing countless people in danger. Sometime you have to, she started, not using the plural form of sometime. Don't, he interrupted. I don't want to hear that argument that some people might get hurt fighting the magistrates or there could be some victims. I don't want to hear that right now. Ooh, he is getting pissy. Um, the pair sat silently for a few moments. Looking at Henry, she could see that he was still fuming. As gently as she could muster, she said, We did save that wisp. Henry's shoulders slumped, as if releasing tension. Yes, I suppose we did, he admitted. And now she can live in the forest around Byron's house. Yay! She was so happy when we arrived. You could see that, Margot added. I know, I know, he said, looking off into the sky. Margot put her hand on his leg and rubbed it. Ooh, I'm sorry, all right? The whole adventure was a series of missteps, and I'm sorry. I didn't mean for any of this to happen this way. Henry nodded. I know. Drinking break! Mm. Oh, Jim Beam on ice fucking rocks. I, I, it just kicks ass. Mm. Like, um, because my parents were here, I actually went out and bought... Um, what did I buy? I had some Evan Williams 1783, which I do enjoy, and it's good on ice, but I feel like Jim Beam might have an edge on that. Might be a little better on ice. Not sure. And I've seen that 1783 coming in a different bottle lately, and I don't like it at all. I like the old bottle, big, like, squat round one, but I don't know. New one doesn't, eh, eh. Okay, why don't we read the book, huh? I, did you guys think I'm reading well today? I feel like I'm not doing a good job. Mm -hmm. I suppose we could retake the whole thing. Just kidding. Not going to do that. Good enough. You look like shit, Janie told Henry as she tried to clean the scrapes on his back. Weird. Every time she scrubbed at them, he winced in pain. Don't be a baby and sit still while I do this. It hurts, you know, he said, facing away from her as she worked on his back. 
Yeah, well, maybe next time you should wear a shirt, she countered. Okay, these seem clean enough. You'll like the salve, though. It'll numb you... It'll numb you back up nice. (laughs) He sate backwards in his kitchen chair as Janie paused to open a jar. I really really appreciate your... Oh, that is nice, he exclaimed. Oh, God, gross. I told you, she said. I really appreciate your doing this, he finished. I cannot believe I am rubbing your naked torso for the second time in a week, she said. I'm going to have nightmares. Ah, you're going to dream about me, he mocked. Shut up and put a shirt on, she said, screwing a jar closed. Henry reached for his shirt on the kitchen table and pulled it over his head. Did Margot tell you about any of this, he asked, rising to get some food for the two of them. Of course not, Janie said while she put away her supplies into her travel bag. Ooh, she probably has like a doctor's bag. That's cute. Do you think they have stethoscopes in the world of magic? Right into the show, jeffreadsbook.com! She didn't tell you about our fighting, he asked, somewhat surprised. Why, did you fight, Janie asked with what sounded like only mild interest? A lot, Henry explained. Margot's a pretty guarded person. She wouldn't share that with me. Janie said, moving her chair back to the table to eat. Especially because she knows we talk. So what was the problem? There were lots of problems, but I got pretty pissed at her when we were attacked on the road. Because you got hurt? No, because we had a young boy taking us from the fortress, and he was in danger. But Margot always comes back with, quote, The mission is more important, nonsense, Henry explained. I'm going to have a sip. I don't know. What do you guys think of this, like, silly plotline? Of Margot saying the mission is more important and, like, um, what do they call that in the Gulf War and stuff? And, um, you know, when you just kill some guy who's trying to buy groceries by mistake, it's, um, um, uh, they have a name for it when it's people you don't care about. Um, I don't know. Right into the show. All right. Anyway, I don't know if I like this plot scheme. I don't know. I I like Margot, so I don't like that she's, I don't know, being a piece of shit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, let's see. Janie sighed. Margot can be a little intense. You know that. Henry nodded. I think that runs in her family. We're still talking. Janie's still talking here. I think that runs in her family. Which, speaking of, is why she's so driven to undermine the magistrates. Jeff hit Paige down. Oh my god, we're only like halfway through this bullshit. Oh! Did you hear those notifications? I'm not even on the freaking text here. Okay. Um. Let's see. Bad time to page down. Okay. Uh, it's why she's so driven to undermine the magistrates. I'm so sick of, quote, undermining the magistrates, Henry complained, making, quote, signals in the air again like a douchebag, shaking his head as returned to the table with meats, cheeses, and ale. Oh, it's probably warm unless he has a magic refrigerator. Does he have a magic refrigerator? Right into the show, jeffreadsbook.com. Okay. 
You need to find a way to take her mind off the bigger picture for a while, Janie explained. Try to get her to relax for a few days. Ooh, you could do like a romantic trip to like Miami. That'd be fun. I only say that because we saw that on 90 Day Fiance yesterday. I think that might be impossible, Henry said. She calls me selfish if I'm not immediately ready to help her. Well, you are selfish, Janie said, shrugging. What? How so? I do all that work on your back, and you don't even take out your good whiskey for me? Oh, that's a funny one. Drinking break involving whiskey. I mean, it wasn't actually funny. I'm just being, yeah. Yeah. You guys know. You guys know what funny is, and it's not this. <laughs> I like how I try to make the book funny, and it just fails. Oh, get ready for this part of this chapter. Very exciting. Okay, here we go. Margot flipped through another file from the box she had spirited away from the fortress at Jack Pond. Yes! Paperwork! Seven other mages were scouring the files and making notes. <laughs> this is so stupid. Who writes a book with this in it? Almost all the files contain very detailed profiles of each mage known to work at the temple including skills, specialties, known associates, and extended family information. Wow! This is <laughs> I'm embarrassed by how bad this is. One folder even contained a giant folded map depicting the interconnected associations of everyone at the temple. Oh, I remember in college... Um, uh, you know what? I don't want to talk about that. That makes me... <laughs> I just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it was an interconnected map of, like, uh, you know, people who hooked up. Not cool. <laughs> it was very, very not cool. All right. Uh, the folder, this folder that she flipped through was dull reports of meetings at the temple that had been attended by, attended by informants. You know what else is dull? This book and this chapter. The sheer number of informants was impressive. But all of them had be had absconded, ooh, big word, when the magistrates had attacked Henry's party just a few days earlier. Do you guys remember that? That was fun. It was like multiple chapters earlier, but as far as anyone in the room could tell, there were no longer any magisterial sympathizers left. Ooh. Miss Lafleur, you should see these, Sir Roland said, sliding a folder towards her across the table. What is it, she asked as she reached for it. Just have a look, he urged with a serious face. I'm making serious face now for the live studio audience. I feel like I'm up and down on volume on this uh, chapter. And it's because I'm bored. <laughs> Opening the folder, she found a detailed profile on Henry. Ooh, a file on Henry. The first page seemed to be a summary written in prose, and subsequent pages contained informational tables. Oh, this is so exciting. <laughs> Including skills, associates, known encounters, and risks. I kind of feel like we already covered that. Don't, don't you guys feel like that? Hmm. Might get loud now, I think. My neighbors are having a fence put up today, so might be noisy. Oh, well. If you hear banging... It's not me, like, throwing things at my computer monitor in a rage because this book is so bad, which I probably should, but the monitor I'd have to replace, and that's not fun. If you guys ever, like, uh, 
broken something because you're mad at something else and then been like, ugh, now I gotta go buy something. I feel like I did that with a mouse because, like, Windows wouldn't boot and I was just so mad I threw the mouse on the ground it just shattered. Yeah. Right into the show, jeffreadsbook.com if you've broken something in a rage, huh? Yeah. Let's hear about your <laughs> your anger issues. <laughs> uh, opening the volume, blah, 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 blah. Towards the end, though, was a paragraph she found disturbing. All right. This isn't a drinking break, but it is a blank line. So, drinking break. And here's that paragraph. As an off-worlder, McCallum has little to no connection with anything in our world aside from associates listed above, namely Janie. Wow. So they use his last name and not Janie. Wow. Namely Janie and the youngest Lafleur. So this was written by like an intern analyst here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, he didn't get, he's still in school learning how to write uh, spy reports. For that reason, his convictions about the overthrow or undermining of magistrates are questionable at best. He shows no overt desires to actively pursue any activities counter to our goals. We believe there is probable chance to, at best, recruit him or, at worst, dissuade him from participating in activities counter to our goals. Our goals, that's two sentences in a row that end that way. The task of turning him may be achieved more quickly through the severing of his ties with said associates. We believe that the worst-case scenario might be his leaving our world should these ties be broken. His skills render him a danger to our activities in the meantime. <gasps> Ooh, who's concerned? Mm, is that a cliffhanger? I kind of feel like it is. All right, that was another blank line. Let's keep going. That is not a positive report on our end, Sir Roland said. Margot eventually looked up from the paper, her mind still reeling from the possibility that Henry could be convinced to work for the magistrates or possibly just leave. Why, did, did she not hang around him? He seems pissed, like constantly. God, I will keep an eye on him, she responded. I believe you might be too close to the problem, Sir Roland stated. We might have use... We might have use others to watch him. <laughs> I love this ESL that I wrote. <laughs> Margot nodded, though in her mind she could not make sense of this situation. And that ends chapter 16. I think this chapter, although, you know, somewhat boring, it's really starting to show like the, the cracks forming in uh, Henry and Margot's relationship. Right. You can see that Henry's getting increasingly fed up. Usually he calms down with Margot, but not so much. And then towards the end, it's Margot kind of implicitly agrees to have Henry followed. Is that what we just read at the end there? That's fucked up, huh? I mm, mm, I don't know. Margot getting a little weird there, but uh, it's a. Uh, Pretty dull chapter. Margot looked at some papers in a folder. Henry got some Neosporin on his back, and uh, they dropped a kid off at his house. Yeah, great. Well, the kid dropped them off at his house, huh? And then they called a taxi to come home. Very strange. You know, for a group that was trying to... Did they ride a a temple-authorized, whatever, cart? I always call them carts. Carriage, whatever. 
Did they ride a temple authorized carriage to this town where by Straw Hill? Straw Hill. That's the name of it. Because one just picked them up at somebody's house. And you know if that house is being washed by like the bad guys. Ooh, they now know they're sympathizers and all that bullshit, right? It's not very secretive. That's all I'm trying to say. I would have called an Uber. You know, a little bit harder to track. Do they have magic Ubers? Right into the show, jeffreesesbook.com. I don't know. It's kind of a boring chapter. Nothing much happens. It was necessary to show that, you know, they're they're just having some real situations between the two of them. I, I'm really just stretching this out. There's nothing else to say. That The chapter is what it is. Why don't we just do some discussion questions about it so you guys can all write in with your answers, huh? All right, question one. This one's pretty simple. All right, so Henry's telling Janie about how they fought the whole time. All right, question one. Do you tell friends about fights with your, like, significant other? And this is a valid question. Like, is that a common thing to do? I feel like, uh, I, I mean, I rarely do, if at all. I probably don't. I think the last time, uh, I think one of my friends was telling me he was in a fight, and I said... That I had a um, a pointless fight with the lovely Laura about mulch in our yard. <laughs> and it wasn't even a fight. That's not even right. I'm like, God, why do we need mulch? Well, it looks like crap, but it's, you know, September. But just get some mulch. Ah, fine. That was the extent of it. <laughs> so, I mean, I just don't tell people about that kind of stuff, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's not that common. What do you think, the lovely Laura? Right into the show. Go to jeffreadsbook.com. Yeah. I don't think we uh, fight all that much. We're not. De- we're definitely not at this Henry Margot situation here. Am I right? Oof. They are just, they're falling apart. I think that, that, that uh, they're written to be like, even when they're doing good together, they fight. So they, it's written that way, I suppose. But now it's not going so well. But they're still fighting. So, eh. Yeah, right into the show. Tell me if you tell friends about when you have fights with your significant other. I'm just interested to hear. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I could say I don't have many friends that tell me about fights with their significant other. Maybe that's like a male thing. We don't say anything about it to anybody. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Okay, okay, all right. Question two. So I did say Margot nodded, kind of implying that she is uh acquiescing to Sir Roland's request that Henry be followed by someone not her, right? Uh, Have you ever had anybody followed? How about that? And I don't mean have you stalked anybody. Have you ever hired someone to follow someone or asked a friend to follow someone for you, which actually might just be stalking. I don't know. I kind of mean more in the I suspect they're up to something sort of way, not the I want to know where they live so I can go through their garbage sort of way. So... Uh, I guess that's more like if you think like you had a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever friend and you were, you know, suspecting they were cheating on you. So you had them followed one night and you had your friend do it because they won't recognize their beat up Camry or something like that. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here because I have not. I don't have an answer for this one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, let me know. Yeah, don't write in if you're stalking someone. That's fucked up, man. If you are stalking someone, instead of writing in, why don't you just stop stalking that person, huh? And then don't listen to the goddamn show, all right? Jesus. 
Ah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm getting irritated. I just, uh, you know, see, when I think of having someone followed, I'm clearly thinking, and the lovely Laura knows what I'm thinking of. I'll give you a minute to yell it. So maybe if I'm home, I'll hear. I'm waiting. Um, did you yell it yet? Okay. What Laura's thinking of is, of course, the Golden Girls episode, right? Where Blanche, for Rose's birthday, buys her a private investigator to have her uh, boyfriend followed around. Yes. So everybody knows. Uh, everybody knows that episode. Am I right? Yeah. So anyway. Uh, I know way too much about the Golden Girls because I've watched every episode with the lovely Laura. Aw, we sit on the couch and we watch it together. We giggle. It's fun. Aw. <laughs> and then apparently we have a fight about mulch. Anyway, that about does it for the show. Uh, uh, I'm going to try to keep this more regular. I think I missed a week in there because I didn't, I actually edited the show and then didn't listen to it, then didn't release it. And it was a whole thing. So let's try to keep this one moving. I'm going to try to be better about that. But, uh, anyway, uh, if you do want to write to me with answers to the discussion questions, right? You can go over to jeffreadshisbook.com. It's all one word, jeffreadshisbook.com. Right. And then uh, you're going to click on if you want to use email, there's an email link for Jeff at rainbow dash 100 dot com. You should really go to the site so you're not like typing it in based on what I say. You can go to uh, Twitter. Check me out at Fortran Jeff. All one word. Or you can go to Mastodon and look at me at Jeff at toot dot rainbow dash 100 dot com. I post more like informational stuff on Mastodon. Like, uh, what do I mean to say? Like, what I'm up to or what's going down. Because on uh, Twitter, mostly all I do at this point is reply to advertisements. <laughs> it's a fun little, like, uh, you know, if you got a few minutes, you open up Twitter and just send a snarky response to, well, who did I do last time? Uh, Google? I think I said, ask them something about... Uh, no, no, it wasn't Google. Apple. Oh, because they said I could buy an Apple Watch for only $199. What a deal. And uh, that way I could uh, check my heart rate and stay connected. So I told them that's so cool that uh, my boss can get my attention when I'm working out. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that's always fun on Twitter. Give it a try because it only takes two seconds. You know, you just type in some piece of shit response and you get more likes than you usually do with like uh, saying that, I don't know. What do people post on Twitter? Um, um, that I made eggplant parmesan tonight for dinner or, um, um, check out my new hat that I'm wearing at a baseball game. Uh, what else do people post? Um, um, probably political stuff, but let's not get into that. Am I right? I'm going to lose all my listeners, which is just Laura. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. But that about does it. So until next time, Keep on reading!